Well, today we're jumping into talk three, and as Jaden said, we're going to hit on a little bit of the kid factor in marriage. We're going to really hit on uh, something that usually uh, can shock a marriage for the first time, when during the first time it happens, and uh, that's like your first fight. But just quick review of where we've come from here in the homework series. We have one more week left. Next week we're going to be doing an FAQ. That'll be a blast. That'll be a lot of fun. And uh, just a thought, check your kids in to kids' church if they're uh, not usually checked in. I'm just saying that to be friendly. Uh, or else you may have a fun lunch conversation. Two, uh, the, the first talk that we had uh, was just really about the hope you have for marriage and the passion you should have to pray for your spouse. And that's if you're single, you're praying for your future spouse. If you're a student, you're praying that you are way away from meeting your spouse. I'm just kidding. That's, that's specifically for my kids. Um, don't even think about it. I'm watching you. And then uh, you have uh, the reality of, of just looking at uh, your love tank and how it can be emptied or bankrupt or how it can be filled and kind of talked through that. In the second week, we hit on the love languages, but we also hit on four C's last week that really we've seen uh, make people who have better marriages, whether they've been restored or whether they're just enriching their marriage, they've discovered four things. One, Christ needs to be at the center. They discovered the second thing is the circle, which literally means if you draw a circle around yourself, most likely the issues in your marriage you can solve are inside that circle. Arrows are pointing at you, right? If you change for the better, it'll impact your marriage for the better. Uh, secondary or third thing was, you know, marriages that get better are like relentlessly committed to marriage. And uh, they're just, they're really committed to one another. And then the fourth thing is they've discovered the power of community in marriage. And that ties right into groups. If they have troubles in their marriage, they realize the power of having people around them who can pray with them, give them godly advice, and encourage them, and... Uh, help restore whatever has been broken. Because we all sin, we all mess up in our marriages, and it's like, how are we going to get through that? There is hope for you. And so we focused on that one. And then today we're just going to do a deep reality check on the fight factor. Ultimately, you are going to have a fight, and it's two things are going to happen. Uh, if you have kids in the home and you have a fight, the kids are going to think the same thing you might think initially when you have that initial fight. And it's like, uh-oh, does this mean we're in trouble? Does this mean it's over? Or the kids might say, are you going to have a divorce? Right? It's that fear factor of a fight. Oh, no. What does this mean? And healthy conflict happens inside marriages. But there's also moments we, our conflicts turn unhealthy, both for us and for our kids, and how can we make that better? So our big idea today that we're going to look at, we have four thoughts for you that we kind of wrestled through. Our big idea is fight well, and um, it's just interesting thought there, but disagreements are going to happen. You're going to process through them differently, each of you, in your life. And uh, so today we wanted to encourage you to really fight better, fight well, fight in a way that can be God-honoring and can honor you and can actually exemplify for your kids uh, a healthy disagreement. 
Um, our, our first thought is everyone fights differently today. Everyone fights differently. And that's good to know because you may in your marriage like realize, oh, man, uh, we, we fight differently than my parents fought. Or we, people have looked in on our fights and thought weird things. And, and so James 1.19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. We're going to get angry in our marriage. We're going to go down that road of, uh, you know, not producing the fruit God desires. And it's like, what do we do at that moment? How are we going to deal with that frustration? And that, what if we're not slow to speak? We're going to not be slow to speak sometime. And what do we do with that? And what if we actually shout? So crazy thing, we began to process this and uh, as a team in our communication team meeting and when we were processing this we realized we did it a little differently the different ones on staff and so we thought let's put a couple of us on camera in an unscripted moment well this video will show you the rest start a conversation it's and we can crop this out or we could just make fun of this part keep it in there so because I just hit record. So, okay, so we're, we're sitting here because we were sitting at Starbucks planning out our series. Or no, we were actually at uh, Sumner Family, Sumner Church, Family Church planning out this series on marriage. And we thought, um, we better do a talk on fighting. And like, because people freak out when they have their first fight. And then over the course of their marriage, they're like, if we're fighting, does this mean we're done, like it's over, because we can't agree on anything or whatever. And so we were like, well, we started talking in the room about fighting, and we discovered that we fight very differently than... We fight. <laughs> so. so we started laughing and going, oh man, we should just have a conversation about like how you fight differently uh, with a video watching in, hey everybody, and uh, see where it goes for fun. Right. So this is it. This is our experiment. And uh, yeah. So, so everybody, everybody does fight differently. Uh, <laughs> so we're just along for the ride. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I, with no prep. Yeah. yeah there's no preparation. Uh, this is unscripted. So we, so we got married when we were 20. Uh, so we were super young uh, in that regard. And so... Um, in our first two years of marriage, we lived in a 500-square-foot apartment. And so we, you learn to deal with your junk uh, really quick. And so we had, you know, we'd known each other for a really long time. And, um, and so it, we, for us, it was normal, I think, the way that we would fight. I don't know, or argue or whatever it was. Um, and so when we moved back down to Sumner, we lived with my parents for like nine months. Well, we were building our house and um, everything comes out later, obviously, you know, but uh, we moved into our house and, and I was talking to my parents and they were like, we thought you guys were going to get divorced because you guys like, you yell at each other and like, you would like, you just yell and we're like, we weren't yelling like what, you know, and, and what they saw or, you know, what they heard for them was like really, really hard, uh, as far as like us yelling. 
Um, but for us, it was just kind of like, that was, we handled it. We, we dealt with the issue. It's not like we were attacking each other or, um, you know, being mean to one another. That was just like the volume, uh, of our fight. And so, uh, for us, that was, that was just normal. And so anytime we fight like that, it's not like we're doing it every day, but when we get in a fight, um, it just brought resolution. Like it was done with, it was over and, and, you know, we move on. Um, you know, but it was, it was a little nerve wracking for my mom and dad, I, I think, but I don't know. What do you, do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> it's hard to remember. It's a long they time ago. They were significant, so I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, I mean. It was just interesting to have another married couple of your parents, like, look or observe us, and that was their takeaway. So it kind of made us be like, oh, we probably didn't think we were fighting right. or... It was probably like stuff divorce at all. on like picking out the house, you know, like, <laughs> I don't like that tile, but I like this tile, you know, that's probably what it was. And so I think there's seasons where, you know, you fight differently than normal or, you know, than someone else. But So what, do you remember our first fight? Nope. Neither do I. <laughs> How funny is that? Because we really don't. Yeah, like we we from the beginning, and and it may be unhealthy avoidance of conflict, <laughs> honestly, with a, a honest evaluation. But just realizing, hey, there's going to be no win in escalating this whatsoever. But you're a de-escalator. Yeah, yeah, and I would just go. So I can fight if you want to fight. <laughs> but I remember one time I got mad at you, so I would just say like, I got mad, and it was in a public moment. It was at a youth conference. It was like our first year in youth ministry. We were over Lake in the hallway and we had some disagreement. And I raised my voice and I realized from the look on her face, I would never do that again. Yeah. Like I just, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> I was just like, so it was just like, I could tell like, man, that's never going to happen. Like right. I just, I'm going to make a decision that if I ever get to this moment again in the road, I'm going to wait and address it in a silent, like peaceful way. And... I would even be the guy that probably would would not get angry or go to bed, you know, with anger in me. But I'll go to bed with an unresolved conflict in the home, right. knowing tomorrow's probably better to deal with this. Right. And I think there's wisdom <laughs> sometimes in that. But, uh, and I think, I think as, like, life stages change, I think you end up fighting differently or coming to you know, disagreements differently, you know, like, I remember when Angela was pregnant, and we were driving to Yakima, and, you um, my crazy story. I am, I am, I'm going to tell <laughs> But you can just uh, claim pregnancy. Right. Like that's right. That I mean, she was, all she of was like she was like eight. eight all levels. Eight, of yeah. She was like eight months pregnant. Which, which pregnancy? First. No, it was March. So yeah. the baby was like three weeks away. Yeah. And so um, we got a flat tire uh, on our way to Yakima. <laughs> um, with a pregnant wife. With a pregnant wife. Yeah. In, In the way snow. Though. In the snow. Oh. Uh, and so I get it changed and everything. So the next, get to Yakima late that night. <laughs> The next day I go to get it changed, get it changed, jump in the car, and uh, I'm driving away, and she's like, did you get the flat tire? And I'm like, no, I just... You're you're not telling the story right. What did I... Well, I don't want the flat tire. It was the other tire. The other tire. 
Like, like you know how they make you change them in pairs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. And I was like, no, like I didn't get the other tire. Like what? You know what? And so like for her, uh, she wanted that like other tire. And the I, good tire. The good tire that was, you know. And I'm like, what am I gonna do with that? You know, I'm just gonna sit and like leave it in my garage. And every time like I change tires. And so, if we get a flat tire on the way back. Yeah, if we get a flat tire, you know, whatever, you know. And so we're like going, like back and forth, and then like all of a sudden it was just like tears everywhere, and I'm like, I'll turn around, whatever, you know, whatever, <laughs> you, whatever you want, um, you know. But like I think, you know, like as you go through different stages in life, you fight differently than when, you know, probably when you first get married, and you know, you don't think like you don't care that like someone else hears you or. You know, like now with kids, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to talk about this a little later. You know, I don't know if you guys have kind of that similar. Well, in our home, it's always peaceful and quiet. And so we have lots of times <laughs> to talk to each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, we pretty much can't have, it's tough to have a conversation until everybody's either gone or asleep. <laughs> Very yeah. asleep, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like, and I think that was one of the things that, you know, when you look back at the survey responses, a lot of people were like, how do I have these discussions with my kids around? How do we, knowing that we're fighting and there's tension, how do we operate around our kids? And so I don't know, maybe, maybe you guys have, uh, you guys being Angela and Dana, maybe, um, you guys have maybe thoughts on how do you, how do you maybe fight differently with kids around compared to, uh, maybe normal, or or where do you, how do you have those fights? I don't know. We don't fight, but in our disagreements, Disagreements. in our disagreements, I think it's important that our kids see that, because they need to know that it's okay. So just like we tell other people, it's okay that you're fighting, our kids need to see, it's okay if we're gonna have disagreements, and for them to see healthily, how do you solve it? So, and, processing through how you saw it so for us to say whatever and our kids to hear that is one way but then they can hear somebody else in the family having a disagreement you know uncles grandpas grandma you know whoever's and they see it resolved a different way and yet we can talk about it I mean that's what I see so it's not that we don't ever disagree or anything in front of our kids Um, I mean they know when we're mad they know if I'm mad at him or whatever they know it um, but they also see how we resolve it. Right. And it, it comes with different stages. Obviously, little ones have to be comforted in a different way. You know, or somebody. I mean, right. if, you're, if your parents thought, like, you guys were going to get a divorce, then depend. I mean, I don't know what the environment's like when you're fighting. Right. But something, it might be as kids get older, where you're like, we're just talking. We're just discussing yeah. this. Nothing's wrong with our marriage. Everything's healthy. But reiterating that to kids, because you see so many times other kids saying, oh, my mom and dad are fighting. They're going to get a divorce. Where right. that's not true, but that's a kid's interpretation of it. I think that's what we've heard with Bennett sometimes. Because like, yeah. we don't fight a lot. Like, you know, I mean, we, we have disagreements, you know. And I think there's a, there's a distinct difference between yeah. those two things. Like, there's fights and there's disagreements. Um, and I think it's really easy to confuse the two. Um, but like there's times where like we're having a disagreement and we're talking about it and you know while we're making dinner or something and the kids are playing and like Bennett will all of a sudden go stop fighting you know and we're like we're not fighting you know but like you know they they I think it's important you know I think it is important to see those those disagree, you know disagreements resolved and and how to kind of handle that as well. Mm-hmm.
Anything else we can think of here that maybe will be helpful for people? I'd say just because you have a disagreement doesn't mean it's over. Right. It's okay to fight. And I think even I mean, if it's a disagreement that you're still processing two years later or three years later, you just don't see it eye to eye. You know? Yeah. I'd say the most mad Dana's been at me was when I bought a 42-inch TV downstairs without her permission. <laughs> no. Came home with it, wasn't it? You were pretty upset about that. No, but I see. But if I recall, just a few months ago, you're like, we really need a bigger TV down there. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it come no. out. I, I think I heard I, that, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was awesome. I think we were here that day. You were, like yeah. a 16-inch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For, the, for social. For the for the people. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, the hardest time, I think, was when we were trying to get pregnant. I think that's when we had our most tense discussions. <clears throat> yeah. It wasn't really fighting. It was just tense conversations. Well, because okay. it was packed with fear and anxiety and yeah. so there's lots of judgment and like we were very on edge, period. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was that and probably like about kids yeah. these days. Yeah, how to discipline, how to stand up for one another. Right. You know, we're all, I do the same thing with the kids as I do with each other. I'll think, okay, it's escalated now. I'm going to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to just play the peace card, the quiet card. But then that comes across to Dana as you're not standing up for me or defending me or, right. and then that's bad. Right. You know? <laughs> so it's like, so you try to find that. Yeah, we've, you know, just all got it all together. So it's perfect. Let's pray. No. Uh, now, you did just witness a miracle on that video. I'll let you know. That was 12 minutes of straight video, no editing. There were seven kids in the house. Seven of them. There, you heard it a little bit. The screaming started a little at the end. You could hear it. But there was like choir practicing happening in one room. There was, and, and it didn't come through that strong in the video. That was, that was pretty much a miracle. But um, uh, it's pretty interesting, right, when you have different strategies because like Dana and I would never yell. Our volume would never go up in a way that somebody would look in from the outside and go, man, that marriage is toast, you know. Um, but there's definite yelling in the house with kids. Like, they scream a lot, and we just keep the windows closed and insulated. <laughs> Joe lives across the street. Do you hear us very often, Joe? Okay, I'm just wondering. In the morning, say around 7.15. Okay, um, Across the other side of the park, does anybody, <laughs> it's like, this is, it's crazyville every once in a while. Ephesians 4 says this, before I dig myself a hole, uh, verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So, reality is we have to learn what to do with our anger, right? Because we don't want to give the enemy a foothold. So here's a few more thoughts. Thought two, avoid the wedge. Just, just wedge, not, not wedgy. 
Avoid that too. But avoid the wedge. The wedge is just like it sounds. It's, it's, it brings, uh, you know, a spacer. It brings division. It does not bring unity. And sometimes we can be wedges in people's marriages. And sometimes specifically, uh, children can be a wedge in your marriage. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says this. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you. We, we try to tell our kids that verse as often as possible, right? Hey, just honor us, and this is going to go well for you. No, we don't say that out loud, but it does. It goes well for you, and you will have a long life on this earth because if they don't honor us, we'll take them right off this earth. <laughs> Have you ever just, man, I brought you into this world. I could take you out. You all right? And you just kind of try to, it's going to get real, y'all. Um, the, the reality, students, and if there's kids here, and you can make your kids listen to the podcast message archive later. But uh, we have some thoughts regarding this because... Oftentimes, kids can impact our disagreements in the home. And uh, with kids in the home, like we said, it shifts the way we deal with conflict or maybe when we deal with conflict and what should we do if the kids are there because there's this element that's healthy for them to observe a disagreement and then there's this element where they get freaked out if they observe a disagreement and it's like, what do we do? How do we help this upbringing be smooth? How do we help kids realize that there's a smoother path if, if they would choose it. And so we came up with like four key rules of the wedge to share. So if you're a note taker, this is a good time to do so because there's no fill-ins for this on your handout, either digitally or the physical one. Uh, kids should not be used is kind of an obvious one, right? But sometimes we fall into that trap. We like make them a weapon in the disagreement, right? Uh, that's dangerous for us as adults to do. But um, for kids, students, uh, don't forget, as far as it depends on you, you want to build up and honor this, this marriage in your home. You, you don't want the marriage to end. Trust me, the statistics don't go in your favor. Uh, and so you want to do everything you can to leverage uh, uh, space for your parents to have a disagreement. Give them the opportunity to work through it versus if you feel yourself being used to pick sides... Find a, find a quiet place not in that space. Second thought, kids should not pick sides. I wish I could say this never happened in our house, but, uh, you know, right? Um, where it's like, potentially, this is even more dangerous than uh, the first element because if you're trying to tip the disagreement in the favor of one parent versus the other, you start getting involved in the disagreement it's a lot different to have a dis disagreement one-on-one, -on -one, but when you're like one-on-three, it doesn't feel good. And it feels more attacking, and it's not going to lead to resolution. It's going to lead to uh, reaction. It's going to lead to where it's so dangerous phrases for kids, for students, would be, yeah. That's never a good one. That's just, you know what I'm saying? It's like if you hear a disagreement and, and you're not even in the same room, but you chime in. 
yeah, that's just bad. And there's no good time, right? Or this one, we, we <laughs> uh, I'm just, you know, we're not a crazy family. I'll just say that if you're meeting us for the first time, we're pretty normal, actually. We're playing a game last night, and we heard this one. I agree with, right? That's dangerous. That statement's picking sides over a card game. Anyway, I never win nerds. I don't know why I play it with my family, but uh, at least they were all on my side of that argument. Moving on. Uh, it's, it seems innocent, right? It seems fun or trivial at the moment, but it can feel attacking again. And uh, parents, it's dangerous for you to try to pit one kid to your side against the other spouse. That's just destructive and dangerous. Yet we all, at some point in time, give in to that trap. Kids should not start the fight or stir its waters. What, are, what is this about? Um, you want, again, let's, the premise, the thought is you want your parents to stay together. So you don't want to be the one to come into the room and say, hey, mom, you know what dad said about you? That's dangerous, right? Uh, it happens, it happens. And, uh, you know, lovingly we say, man, that was a great meal. And later you're in a private conversation with your children and, you're, and they're like, dad, I didn't like dinner. And I was like, Oh, no doubt. And then you come back and later, and when your wife walks in the room, so you didn't like dinner, huh? What? You didn't like dinner? Well, uh, what are you talking about? The kids said, you said that it wasn't. And I'm like, those kids, I'm going to, I brought them into this world. I can take them out. <laughs> Urgh, right? But in all honesty, uh, very, very, dangerous you don't want to be the wedge you don't want to jump in and like hey let's have fun today and create an argument dangerous waters and uh, parents if you have over sharers in your home that like with extra large uh, hearing receptacles then uh, you may if you're having out loud discussions and disagreements be giving them the tools to be a wedge later in your marriage. You just got to use wisdom, right? Every home's different. And uh, so don't overshare probably with the kids if you don't want it to come back. What's shared in the inner space will be shout from the rooftops, the Bible says. So just that's true in marriage as well. Final thought here within this is uh, kids should not get in the middle of a fight. And um, if you're peacemakers, this is really hard. Like, I'm a peacemaker. Uh, as a kid, I was the one that would, you know, when my brother was pitting a fight with my mom, I would jump in the middle of it and hug mom and cry with her. And, you know, so my Jaden is that now. Uh, our nine-year-old girl will come in and, and she'll defend and then Preston goes with her on her side. And so whichever side she's on, he's going to reverberate. You know, it's just the way it happens in our home. And, uh, and so sometimes that can be uh, crazy and, and you shouldn't feel like you're in the middle uh, as well. So uh, if you see, you're going, well, so I just avoid it altogether. If there's violence, you can call 911. But you probably need to not be the one to jump in the middle of it, right? Let somebody else solve it. 
and uh, uh, so I'll just throw that out for real and uh, and go with that. But yeah, four interesting thoughts there, right? Hope that helps someone that asks some questions within our survey. Uh, and then thought three: practice healthy conflict and resolution. Uh, I mean, healthy conflicts happen in the home daily, right? Unless you're just an avoider and then you're never going to have conflict and it's unhealthy, which I probably fall more on that side. But the, um, you know, you just got to, you can have healthy conflicts with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends. Healthy conflict resolution is good no matter what relationship you're in, right? Single people, married people. Proverbs 15, 1 through four says this, and I memorized Proverbs 15, one. It was probably one of the first passages I memorized in Scripture, and it's done me good, but it says, a gentle answer defects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. It continues to say, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. <laughs> the Lord is watching everywhere, keeping an eye on both the evil and the good, gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. I often say in our home, when it gets loud or there's harsh words coming up, I'll say a quote that drives those hearing it at the moment insane. But I'll say, hey, remember, volume is weakness. And they'll just go, what? Right? It's that moment right there. And uh, you're just going, if you feel you have to yell to get your point across, that, then back up and consider the scenario. Consider the context. What's going on? Because a gentle answer turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs up anger. So you're just going to stir up more anger. you got to figure out how are you going to take the gentle approach at this conflict. And, and so that's something that I drive my family crazy with. The key to conflict um, and resolution is communication obviously. Healthy communication. And the goal of communication is mutual understanding. If you've come to a mutual understanding, then don't poke the sore. Don't poke the bruise. If you've understood, don't come back to it and just bring it up again and again and again and again because you'll cause damage at that point. Um, just pound into your head that your goal is to mutually understand each other's perspective, context, do you understand each other? Uh, that's how you'll solve the conflict, is to understand. It's not in your notes, unless you're on the digital version, but Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You can bring peace into your home. It's you, inside the circle, that's going to be in charge of that. Thought four, follow the rules of engagement. Rules of engagement, and these aren't like, very, very clinical, per se. We just snagged them from the different research we were doing to help those different people who ask questions like this. What are some rules for fighting? How do we fight? Like, what do we do? Uh, first, rule of engagement, and I think there's five of them here. Uh, you don't fight to win. You fight to resolve. Again, you, you, you want to resolve or at least understand, mutually understand. That's, that's why you have a disagreement out loud. Um, another rule of engagement is don't attack. And by the way, you might be sitting here going, well, I'm widowed, or I'm single, or I'm a student, I'm 14, help, why am I here? Uh, 
if you live a life like this in front of other people, in front of teachers, in front of those in authority over you and around you, you're going to be a great favored person. If you walk these out in your relationships, no matter, it's just multiplied in marriage because you're around each other all the time. So don't attack, right? The second thought, don't attack. If you come in attacking certain individuals, especially different personalities, they'll bite back. I'm a real gentle person. But when I'm backed into a corner, I turn into this other person. It's really bad. I just like, like I can get, I can come right back and I don't like that me, right? And I, then I have to have like the weird, awkward, apologetic meeting me conversations, you know, and, and it's like, but my really strong type A personality, if, if somebody corners me, I've never liked it. Never. And I could think back to childhood when I'd get in trouble. That's what happened. I was, I was literally backed into a corner. And so I just went nuts, became a Tasmanian devil. It was weird. But, uh, but the, you know, you kind of look back at it and you go, well, then I always leave things really open and peaceful and happy because I don't like being backed into a corner. I don't want to back anybody else into a corner. I want to leave them an out. You're so gracious with people, Thad. Well, you know, I just don't want to back them into a corner. Anyway, sharing all my weaknesses. Moving on, point three, don't go to bed angry. You've probably heard that. We read the passage, right? Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. We read that earlier. This does not mean what it sounds, right? This doesn't mean the conflict has to be solved while you're tired. That's a real bad time to try to resolve conflict. If you're both tired, you're just going to battle it out all night, that's dangerous. It's better to go, okay, we realize what's on the table here. Let's take a time out. It's called sleep. And when we wake up, we're going to find a moment, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to have this conflict work out until we have a mutual understanding, right? So that's the reality you may need a timeout, and you can go to bed while dealing with your anger. Just don't go to bed mad at the other person with fruitless thoughts in your mind. Thought four, sex isn't a weapon. See, got your attention now. And, uh, uh, you know, so we figured this would help you, you know, send you out with some great thoughts. Uh, Sex isn't a weapon. What is this about? Well, 1 Corinthians 7.5 says, Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now, we are going to talk a little more about this next week. That's the, the warning, right? More on sex next week. But... Uh, this might look cute or hilarious in a sitcom or a movie, uh, them depriving one another of relations or whatever, like they have to earn it, but it's not biblical. And this point isn't here because I'm a dude <laughs> either, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, the reality is, this is just, it's you give space for the enemy to have a foothold if you use sex as a weapon or as a, as a leveraging power in your relationships. Very dangerous tool. And very dangerous for young, young people. In a world that has daddy issues, right? Uh, oftentimes, 
girls will give of themselves physically to experience love when guys will just give themselves physically to experience pleasure and it's a weapon at that moment too, right? It's very destructive to the culture. And so it applies to whether you're a student, whether you're an adult, sex isn't a weapon. Final point under thought four. Lots to juggle this week from the notes here. Words matter. Words do matter. Whoever said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me was a liar. And uh, Proverbs 18.20 says, Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Don't say things that you're going to regret later when in the heated moment. I mean, don't sow a seed that's going to bear ugly fruit. Don't tell people something you don't want them to live out. Don't speak into them a behavior that you don't want them to fulfill. Well, you're just a liar all the time. Do you want them to be a liar all the time? Or do you want to go after the positive? We need to figure out how to tell the truth 100% of the time. How are we going to do this? How are we going to get to this point? You can take that as far as you want. You can just, but if you speak into being things in your home, your words have power. And that's a gift from God. In the Bible, you can read that they speak life to dead bones and they rise up. Well, you can do the same in your, in your home. You could speak dead bones into a life, and that's the result. You don't want that in your home, in your marriage, in your kids. You can process that out. Our action point is simple. Start fighting well. Start fighting well. Maybe you need to reevaluate the way you resolve conflict in your home, the way you communicate. Um, we are praying for that to be the case that we'll find resolve, that kids won't worry about the, whoa, what are my parents doing? You know, ah, I hear anger. And maybe you need to get kids out of the middle of some scenarios that they're, they're in, or maybe the, you're using them. I don't know what your scenario is or how this message applies to you, but we gave you a lot of tools right there that we want to pray would become fruitful. So God, thank you for the opportunity we have to walk through these doors today and uh, battle our way into the parking lot so that we can hear from you. Read your scripture that speaks to our marriages, speaks to the way we um, touch the lives of our children, the way that we uh, are able to, to really speak life into our marriage, speak life into our kids, teach them how to healthily have disagreements and find resolution. Teach them how to communicate so that they have mutual understanding. God, I pray that you would allow us to raise this next generation with the ability to handle conflict well, to fight well. And God, if there's unhealthy battle happening in homes right now, I pray for your grace and mercy to overwhelm them. You forgive us of anything. If we have welled up in anger and spoke words, we now, right now in our mind, we know we regret. God, your word is simple. And your truth tells us that, that you forgive us. All we have to do is ask. Maybe some are here and they're going, well, my marriage, I wrecked it. 
we wrecked it through battling. God, you have mercy for those as well. You have mercy for all of us. None of us are out of reach of your grace and mercy. We can choose to follow you and have new life. We can choose to seek you and experience our life new and a fresh start from this point forward. And God, we just pray that over every marriage, over every person, every individual. Raise up a generation that knows how to handle conflict and the young people in the room. And God, bring us back next week to process through the different questions that came in. And, and may we truly feel like we have found answers we've been seeking through your word by looking to your scriptures and seeing how those can give us a guide even in our home. We thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen.